providing for its residents. There has been a lot of interest in the Financial Empowerment Center because people are in kind of a need, especially after COVID-19. Financial services are costly and not everyone can afford them or can easily access them. You can either call or you can request an appointment, much like we think of public libraries and parks and other essential city services, this should be right there with it. We should provide opportunities for our residents to build or secure their financial health. I'm trying to buy a home. The very beginning was just trying to convince her that I was a safe place. We started off getting uh, my savings together. Like when I get paid, just put a little bit at a time in that savings and then it'll add up. None of us grew up knowing exactly how to budget and manage money and finances. And so she's like, hey, I've been racking up on this money. I'm getting it in my savings. I'm like, okay, great. That looks great. And she shows me the shoebox where she's keeping it. And I'm like, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I meant an actual savings account. The only way that we're going to get out of this is to teach each other. Each one should teach one. If you know better, you do better. Based on what your expenses are, we're going to do the envelope system. Less than 30 days, she's like, holy guacamole, I've saved $800. It's a model that works. It's a model that's proven um, and that is producing really, really great results across the country. When you purchase this home, it's a really, really big deal. It's probably the greatest purchase you're going to make, right? feels realistic. Now that I see that it's it's for my benefit and um, they're actually there for to help me, I'm excited. We're on the way to home ownership. I think this is going to be an awesome program for the city of Louisville. And you've, you've come a long way in a short period of time, so I'm really excited about it. MSD, ensuring safe, clean waterways for Louisville and the surrounding region. MSD does more than you might realize to protect the health and safety of our communities, and the work is really quite extraordinary. It is our mission to provide quality wastewater, stormwater, and flood protection services to protect public health and safety. Let's talk about MSD's three key services. First up, wastewater treatment. This is the water we send down the drain.
Three minutes, Metro TV. Three minutes, Metro TV. One minute, Metro TV. One minute, Metro TV. All right. Good evening, everybody. Uh, I'd like to call the regular meeting of the Committee of the Whole to order. Uh, this meeting is being held pursuant to KRS 61.826 and Council Rule 5A. Uh, Councilwoman Madonna Flood, uh, Debbie Carroll, happy birthday to you. All right, uh, tonight we have uh, a very, 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 very special guest, uh, and that is the one and only uh, Mayor Greg Fisher is here with us tonight, and he is here to recognize our outgoing council members. And so, uh, without further ado, uh, Mayor Greg Fisher, thank you for being here. Thank you, President James. Well, we started a tradition some time ago for outgoing council folks to come by and, and say thank you and give proclamations to them that hopefully they can uh, show with pride at least their kids and grandkids and it'll be something that will be there for all of us and really want to thank you guys for your service. We had a great day earlier today in Councilman Robert Engel's district by uh, announcing the beginning of construction for the Fern Creek Library. So, uh, fortunately, the last year, year and a half, our budgets haven't been as bad. 
you know, we've had to cut budgets for 11 years in a row, as Councilman Hollander and Kramer and the rest of you all will attest to, so it's been great to have a little breathing room with our budgets and see our city improve. So, Robin, that was a great event earlier today. Thanks for that. So we're gonna, we got uh, proclamations for our outgoing members. Uh, Wanda is going to read them. I'll stand over here and hand those to you all and we can get a picture and thank each other for the work that we've done over these past 12 years. Some of you the whole time, others not the whole time, but it's been an adventure and an honor to lead the city and to do it alongside with you all. And I know you feel that way about your district. We've been through historic times together and we've reset our city in terms of growth and opportunity and we've shown that we can get through really tough times together as a city as well so we emerge from that stronger. Speaking of strong, how about Wanda Mitchell-Smith? She will be transitioning out of Metro government at the end of the year and uh, she says retiring but you know Wanda is wired to do good so she might be retiring from getting paid at Metro government or a job like that, but she'll be in the community doing incredible good. But when you think about the career this woman has had with the state, the local government, with labor, uh, as a deacon, it's incredible. And just decades and decades of service with one thing in common, and that's serving people and making the world a better place. So Wanda, I know you've served with distinction over here. You certainly have in my office as well and you simply, ma'am, are a treasure. So we appreciate you. Please welcome Wanda Mitchell-Smith to the podium. Thank you, Mayor Fisher. Our first honoree for the evening, uh, Councilwoman Angela Bowen. As we celebrate her service on Metro Council, long known as knowledgeable, involved resident, Angela stepped up to serve when the district one seat became vacant in March of 2022. She has represented her neighbors admirably over the past nine months, lending her passion, experience, and skills to help District 1 and our city meet the challenges of the day while preparing for a beautiful future. Our city extends its deepest gratitude to Councilwoman Angela Bowen for her leadership and citizenship done in Louisville, Commonwealth of Kentucky, this 15th day of December, and it is signed by the Honorable Greg Fisher. God bless you. Council President David James. As we celebrate his service on Metro Council since 2011, David's leadership and experience, particularly as former police officer, have proven valuable as we've navigated some daunting challenges, including recovery from the Great Recession, the COVID-19 pandemic, the push for greater racial equity and justice, and the scourge of gun violence, our city extends its gratitude to President David James and wishes him the best as he continues his public service as a deputy mayor in the upcoming Greenberg administration done in Louisville, Commonwealth of Kentucky, this 15th day of December and is signed by the Honorable Greg Fisher.
Councilman Kevin Triplett, as we celebrate his service on Metro Council as a councilman from District 15 since 2019 and legislative aide prior to that, Kevin shared his knowledge and experience in local government and his love for his South Louisville community to help keep the focus on improving the quality of life for his constituents and all of Louisville. Our city expresses its gratitude to Councilman Kevin Triplett for stepping up to lead done in Louisville, Commonwealth of Kentucky, this 15th day of December and is signed by the Honorable Greg Fisher. <laughs> Councilman Mark Fox, as he comes, as we celebrate his service on Metro Council since becoming the District 13 Councilman in 2019, Mark has regularly provided keen insight to the work of Louisville Metro government during historic and challenging times, particularly in public safety, thanks to his previous service as an LMPD officer and major. Our city extends its gratitude to Councilman Mark Fox for lending his leadership experience and skill to helping create a stronger, safer Louisville done in Louisville, Commonwealth of Kentucky this 15th day of December and it is signed by the Honorable Greg Fisher. <laughs> Councilwoman Nicole George, as we celebrate her service on Metro Council since 2019, Nicole has represented District 21 with thoughtfulness and skill bringing with her a long-held passion for improving the well-being of vulnerable people, including children, people experiencing homelessness. During historic and challenging times, Nicole has provided sincere and dependable leadership. Our city expresses its gratitude to Councilwoman Nicole George and wishes her the best as she continues her public service as Deputy Mayor for Mayor-elect Craig Greenberg, done in Louisville, Commonwealth of Kentucky, this 15th day of December, and is signed by the Honorable Greg Fisher. <laughs> Councilwoman Keisha Dorsey, as we celebrate her service on Metro Council since 2019, Keisha has represented District 3 with skill, attention, and passion. She's proven to be a powerful voice for racial equity in every aspect of Metro government and a leader in ensuring that our economy grows in a way that leaves no neighborhood or person behind. Our city expresses its gratitude to Councilwoman Keisha Dorsey for her valued leadership and wishes her the best in her new role as Deputy Chief of Staff for Mayor-elect Craig Greenberg and is done in Louisville, Commonwealth of Kentucky this 15th day of December and is signed by Greg Fisher, the Honorable Greg Fisher. Councilman James Peden, as we celebrate his service on Metro Council, elected the very first Metro Council in 2002. James has provided a strong voice for District 23 for over two decades while advocating with vigor for good governance and public safety throughout our beautiful city. 
Our citizens extends its deepest gratitude to Councilman James Peden, an educator and independent thinker for his leadership on council and his commitment to our youngest residents. Done in Louisville Commonwealth of Kentucky this 15th day of December and it's signed by the Honorable Greg Fisher. Councilwoman Amy Holton Stewart, as we celebrate her service on Metro Council, chosen to represent District 25 in 2021, Amy hit the ground running, providing strong, dependable leadership, advocating for parks, good governance, lifelong learning, and much more. An exemplary of citizenship, our city extends its gratitude to Councilwoman Amy Holton Stewart for her willingness to step up and lead in challenging times. Done in Louisville, Commonwealth of Kentucky this 15th day of December and is signed by the Honorable Greg Fisher. <laughs> Last and certainly not least, Councilman Bill Hollander. As we celebrate his service on Metro Council, Bill's leadership, experience, and skills have been critical to his own District 9, but also to our entire city, particularly in the often grueling work of budgets. For five years as chair of the Budget Committee, he was at the center of the city's budget storm, keeping track of mounds of data points, requests, ideas, curveballs with admirable skills, patience, and compassion. A fierce advocate for our city's most vulnerable populations, including people who are differently abled, as well as those experiencing homelessness. Bill has been intricately involved in supporting our administration's precedented $116 million investment in affordable housing. Amen. Our city extends its deepest gratitude to Councilman Bill Hollander and wishes him the best in all future endeavors. Done in Louisville Commonwealth of Kentucky this 15th day of December and is signed by the Honorable Greg Fisher. We're going to ask for a group picture if possible, please. Mayor, if you could stay just at the podium. Uh, President James, I believe you have a special recognition. So, um, thank you for recognizing everybody that, that is leaving, and including myself. And I wanna say thank you for taking 12 years out of your life to serve this community. And that is an accomplishment that not a lot of people would do. And you've done it. And you've gone through the ups and the downs. And, and you persevered and pushed through. And I just want to say thank you for your leadership. Thank you for everything you've done for our citizens. Thank you for being dedicated to this community. And thank you for, for being dedicated to this council. And so I want to say thank you on behalf of all 26 of our council members. We have this proclamation for you to hang on your wall in retirement or whatever it is that you're gonna do, I know you're not gonna be far away. And so we just wanna say thank you for being our mayor. Thank you so much.
And so I think if we can get all of the outgoing council members to come up for a picture. Uh, everybody? Okay. Everybody. going to get started again. Um, colleagues, um, I just want to recognize uh, some people that are out in the audience today, and those are our new council members. Um, as I call your name, if you could just stand up and wave your hand so everybody knows who you are, so when they see you roaming this building, they'll say, oh, that's my new colleague. Um, I see uh, uh, councilman-elect Andrew Owen, raise your hand there. There we go, Andrew. We have Councilwoman-elect Jennifer Chapel. We have Councilwoman-elect Tammy Hawkins. We have Councilwoman-elect Betty Rui. All right, so we're going to be looking forward to seeing you all. 
uh, in just a few short days, and you'll be filling these chairs, and we welcome you and, and look forward, they will look forward to working with you. I will look forward to working with you also. So thank you for being here. It's going to be great. Um, colleagues, next we'll go over to tonight's agenda. Uh, Councilman Benson, you have a page this evening, is that correct? All right, thank you. And then we'll have special recognitions with Councilwoman Holton Stewart, right? Okay. And then Councilwoman Dorsey also, correct? Okay, thank you. Yes, and you'll have a personal point of recognition. And, and then you, and then me. Okay. All right. And then um, tonight will be our last evening with seven of our colleagues. And uh, it's been an honor serving with you all, and we're going to have some special recognition uh, for you all this evening. And then, Madam Clerk, do we have uh, addresses to council? Yes, sir, we do. We have six. Six addresses to council, and then we'll have communications from the mayor. Uh, the consent calendar comprises items number 24 through 46. Does anybody have any additions or deletions? Thank you. All right. Uh, the over and under is 1157, by the way. All right. And then... Um, uh, items for tonight, we have one item under Public Works, Councilman George. Um, thank you, President. Yes, we have an ordinance um, to amend the, the encampment ordinance that's also focused on um, creating access to public space. Okay, thank you. And then we have two items under Labor and Economic Development, Councilman Dorsey. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I'm going to actually go backwards. I'm going to start at item 54. I was just confirming with Councilman Arthur uh, that the MOU regarding uh, the neighborhood agreement has been signed, so that is the reason why it is on old business. And then item number 48, um, I'm going to punt that to Councilman Brent Ackerson regarding his amendment. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Councilman Ackerson. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, the amendment has been started in the system since Tuesday. Essentially, the amendment is uh, as far as I'm concerned, the amendment's about accountability for the city, and that is going to be that uh, empowering this new hotel management district to do what they want to do, but at the same time, having some checks and balances, not just handing over taxing authority without uh, any true way of sort of making uh, it work with us also. So the amendment is going to be that the appointments to this board uh, will be handled by the mayor's office. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Uh, and then next we have parks, and one of which is the rental registry, I believe. No, that's not correct. The no, but I think Councilman uh, Blackwell. Dr. Oh, Blackwell Councilman Blackwell. Yeah. Uh, the rental registry, is that? Yes. We have a rental registry. Did you want to say anything about it? <laughs> <laughs> you, you want something more than that? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, colleagues, we, we discussed the rental registry now. It seems like a really long time. We spent a lot of time on it at the last meeting, and we sent it back to committee, where um, Councilman uh, Arthur came up with a, I think, well, I think a really good um, compromise for some of the concerns that we heard about the uh, the cost and the and, and the expanse of it, um, and so um, he I, probably would be better for him if you want someone to speak to the amendment. It'd probably be better for him to speak to the amendment because he put the work into it and knows exactly um, 
Okay. Thank you. The details. Yeah. Councilman Arthur, could you quickly speak to the amendment? Absolutely. So we just focused on the areas in need instead of creating a program for the entire city, which some of our colleagues said there was concern around race, wasting resources. So focusing on the areas that needed the most, and we had a cost savings of over a million, and I'm glad to talk details if we want. Okay. Thank you. And then Councilwoman Fowler Parks. Uh, yes. Is this not Parks for All? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Um, I have, um, I'm sorry? You have two. Oh, the, the homeless, the, ca and the camping Encampment. ordinance. Can I kick that out to sure. Councilwoman, um, the camping ordinance? Thank you. Yes. Councilwoman George. Thank you, President. And I got confused earlier with public works and that should have been rental registry and yes. Um, all that to say the uh, encampment public use of space ordinance is in front of us. Um, and the goal of that uh, really, it's three substantive changes. It involves uh, the amount of time outreach can get out to uh, meet folks, develop a plan, determine what constitutes an encampment. Uh, the second piece is around parks, just uh, prohibiting park or camping in parks. And the third is around uh, blocking the public right of way as it relates to sidewalks, alleys, uh, roadways. Thank you. Thank you. And the next item is, is yes. Parks, Councilman Fowler. Yes, so this is um, the implementation of the, um, it's a resolution to um, take up the, the action plan and the recommendations for the Parks for All study that's been going on for a little over a year and a half. And, um, you know, I, I just think that it's a wonderful thing that um, Parks Alliance has done to um, help to prioritize and equitably, uh, equitably, I can't talk, <laughs> um, advance the um, issues within our park system and make sure that, you know, we have, um, you know, the same uh, investment in, in parks that um, have, have not seen any investment for over 20 years. So I'm, I'm looking forward to um, hearing more about this. Um, and, and that's all. I appreciate your support. Yes. So I can go ahead and introduce. Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. Uh, Jane Miller is here um, on virtually, and then Brooke Pardue is here as well. Um, Brooke, did you want to go first? Thank yes. you. Just and a. I might add that all of this, um, I sent all of this to you all's emails of the presentation. So um, we've just got, you know, a few minutes, but being upstaged by Ethan over here. <laughs> um, so yes, my name is Brooke Pardue. I'm the CEO of the Parks Alliance of Louisville. And thanks to significant support from Metro Council, the Alliance was able to contract with Jane Miller Consulting and launch Parks for All in August of 2021. We are here 17 months later to share the action plan for Parks for All, which is based on data extensive community input and equity analysis. You all have the full report, but Jane is here with us. Jane is a national leader in equitable urban park management and is with us uh, remotely to present a quick overview of the plan. Thank you. Can you, can you all hear me? Yes, ma'am. Great, thank you, and my apologies. 
All right. Can you see presentation? Yes, ma'am. Great. Thank you, Fowler. Thank you, Pardo and Council President uh, James. So I will be brief, but give you a quick overview of this project. Uh, again, Parks for All project that we started in August of 2021. And again, I want to thank uh, Metro Council for providing almost half the funding to do this project. So thank you very much. So, you know, first we want to tell the story of where is Louisville Parks today. Um, as you can see, uh, park spending in Louisville as compared to 17 other benchmark cities that are of comparable size. Uh, Louisville falls smack dab in the middle of these cities that uh, we are comparing Louisville to. So there are cities that fall with a population of between 600,000 and 999,000. And Louisville, uh, both from a public and private spending perspective, is considerably lower than these comparable cities. In total between the public spending, which is $40 per resident as compared to these other 17 cities at $107 per resident. When you add the private funding, um, Louisville spends $43 per resident as compared to $118 per resident for these other comparable cities, almost a third of the total of these other cities. That uh, history of underfunding the park system has a direct impact about the conditions of the parks. The chart on the left shows the capital investments that have been made since the merger in Louisville. And you can see that 50% uh, of the parks have received less than $100,000 over the past 20 years. And 30 of those parks have received no funding. Um, 67 have received 500,000, but when you calculate that over 20 years, that's less than $25,000 a year for a park, which uh, is uh, comparable to little over spending a picnic uh, table at a park. And that shows the impact on the condition of the parks in the system. 84% of the parks in the system are worse than good condition. So uh, the lack of spending has had a direct impact on the condition of the parks today. We also, one of the things that we did is we conducted a statistically valid survey of Louisvillians, asking them a whole series of questions about the parks. One of the things I wanna point out is that it was really critical that uh, the statistically valid survey represented the income distributions of Louisville, represented the gender different, uh, uh, differences across Louisville, race and ethnicity, households with and without children, as well as the geographic distribution of where people live in Louisville. So I thought that baseline is really important. And as you can see, people rank parks, trails, and recreation as the third most important element in Louisville to make Louisville a great place to live. Really important statistic. Just as important, we also asked them whether members of their household had visited a park within the last 12 months. 95% of Louisville, Louisvillians had visited a park in the last year, again, higher than any other asset amenity, uh, comparable amenity across the Louisville region. We also asked them about how they felt uh, spending should be for the parks department um, and investing in the parks. 50, almost 53% want to see spending at or above the national average. 42% want to see it at the national average almost 69% want a significant increase, maybe slightly less than the national average, but again, uh, a huge uh, 
proportion of people want to see an increase in funding. In fact, 86% want to see an increase above the current level for its park system. We also asked them where they wanted their money spent and overwhelmingly fixing what's there or doing rehab projects and improving day-to-day -day maintenance were the two most important areas. We also asked them about recreation and capital investments. Again, they wanted to see some money there, but not anywhere near as spending in maintenance and fixing the existing system. So what we did is we took that, plus knowing that we needed to have some administrative support for technology, backdoor staff, uh, communications and marketing, um, and we distributed the recommendations in what is shown in the donut over on the right, with 34% going towards rehab, 30% going towards maintenance, and so on. Now what I want to share with you is just an overview of the action plan. Again, I want to remind you that you have the detailed action plan uh, that was provided to you as part of your packet for this evening, but I'm going to give you an overview of the quick highlights of the action plan. Excuse First, me. one of the things Excuse that we me. asked residents was Excuse where me. Well, Jane. One second. I just need to tell yes. you, you've got to make it much quicker. Okay. So this represents the priorities of investments for rec facilities based on what the public said were their unmet needs and their what was most important to them. Uh, we also did the same thing for maintenance activities, getting prioritization around maintenance, also with investments in recreation facilities, amenities, and programs. And finally, we developed a recreation uh, program implementation plan looking at uh, how recreation centers should be operated and managed, um, as well as a change to a national recreation center model as compared to what is currently being offered in our centers. And again, with some details about the differences between those categories of recreation centers we're recommending. Finally, we also looked at capital investments, looking at the park need and the community context, meaning what are the characteristics of neighborhoods that surround those parks? and developed a priority need for investment based on both the park need as well as the community characteristics so that parks and neighborhoods that have the greatest need are uh, prioritized for investments first. Finally, we also looked at uh, investments for the community centers as well. Again, looking at the neighborhood and recreation center needs. And then we also look, there are areas of, this, of the Louisville metro area where people do not live within a 10 minute walk of a park. So we looked at those areas of the city where they needed either access to existing parks or new parks and looked at the community characteristics of those neighborhoods as well and have developed a prioritization for investments in those neighborhoods for access to a park. One of the critical pieces is that there are 170 Jefferson County public schools within those priority areas. And so one of our recommendations is to have an overarching agreement with JCPS to allow public access to these sites when the schools are not in service. And finally, we also have recommendations for funding. Again, direct response to what the public said they wanted for increased funding. We recognize it will take time. So we've developed a 15 year plan to get uh, Louisville to spending at the national average, both philanthropically and with public dollars. And then showing, again, showing the distribution of those dollars based on what the public said were their priorities and percent of distribution in each of the four categories of rehab, maintenance, programming, and capital. We also are recommending uh, a 
organizational structure change for the department that reflects best practices um, and uh, is focused on the operating divisions driving service and having a strategic support division that supports the best practices of the operations. And finally, we also have, will be including a series of policy practices and operation uh, recommendations supporting the implementation of the equitable investment strategy, supporting best practices, and supporting coordinated approach for delivery of services. One of the other pieces is uh, establishing a coordinated strategy among the three nonprofits that uh, support uh, the Parks Department to create a collaborative and coordinated environment so that there's a collective approach where all these four entities work towards the common good uh, collectively for the improvement of the park system. Overall, it is clear to us that there are more funds that are needed to restore the park system. Resources must be spent equitably. Restructuring needs to occur to support best practices and that partnerships are critical to deliver those services. Thank you and my apologies if I went too long. All right, thank you. Uh, we have questions, Councilman Piagetini. Just a very quick question. Um, the funding by park, did you eliminate what we refer to as NDF or CIF dollars? These are council designated funds uh, where many council members who have parks in their district that the city put, has put zero money into. The only reason those parks have gotten any money is because the council members have prioritized them and put money into there. Did we take that out when we calculated the funding going to each park? No, those dollars were actually calculated in and factored to show, it's not in this presentation, but we can provide that to you to show uh, where the dollars came for capital investments historically. Yeah, I, I would like both calculations because uh, it's, uh, there are council members who have prioritized that and uh, to the detriment of other projects they could use their council money for uh, or their uh, NDF and CIF money for. So I, I think if we're gonna be talking about how much the city is putting into each park, we need to uh, compare apples to apples and only look at city metro budgeted dollars and not just council district, or at least have both calculations separately. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you. Any other questions uh, about parks? All right, Councilwoman Fowler, thank you very much. Thank you. And Brooke, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. All right. Um, Councilwoman Flood, and Planning and Zoning. Mr. President, due to the time limitations, I'm just gonna... Do it then, all right, I got gotcha. you. Thank you. Councilman Hollander, budget. Uh, Mr. President, we have one item on, uh, on old business, and that's moving around some ARP money. Um, it's all been appropriated, but this reappropriates some of it. Okay, thank you. And Councilman Blackwell, appropriations. Um, several there, most of them um, because of uh, changes um, in the amount and uh, a couple for um, abstentions. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, with no further business, we stand adjourned. Uh, President, oh, President uh, you did not mention this, but we do have two items of special legislation on the calendar as well, I believe. Oh, whoa, whoa. You're right. I forgot about that. No? They're on the consent calendar. Yep. Yes. Okay, so they're on the consent calendar. One is the council calendar for next year. Uh, the other is a piece of legislation that, um, or a rule change that Councilman Piagentini introduced, basically, uh, rather than doing the office draw 
only when a new council is seated. It's if people leave mid-year, you would redo the draw at that point. So given that we will likely have at least a couple of people leaving early in next year, uh, those offices would go into, the, into a draw at that point. Thank you. All right. Any questions? All right. We will adjourn and get back together in about three minutes. Thank you.